In the beginning, few mages were interested in working together. After all, when you have the power of a god and reality is merely your plaything, compromising your vision with another's must not have seemed a particularly attractive option. Yet, as time went on and cultures flourished, more and more enlightened individuals were born into societies that from an early age imprinted upon them morals, worldviews, and beliefs. Thus the formation of cabals, and eventually schools and traditions of magic. All across the world arose these factions who all vied for power over creation. No matter where humanity traveled, enlightened individuals would arise in their midst, being shaped by and helping shape the cultures they belonged to. Even as the Roman Empire collapsed and Europe diverted into small fiefdoms, Asia, Africa and America all had thriving powers that would continue for hundreds of years, their own unique brands of magic helping guide them in a world of darkness. In Europe, the period following the fall of Rome would later be known to mages as the Golden Age of Wizardry. Yet while wielders of magic were often free to pursue their own goals unbothered, it was likewise a time of sudden and unexpected death, of pain and of suffering. It was a time of freedom in more than one way, as it offered close to no restrictions on mages, but likewise offered few bulwarks against the horrors of sickness, starvation, and the creatures of the night. In 767, twelve different houses of mages came together to form the Order of Hermes, and while they were at times rivals, they all shared a common perception on the arts and how to wield it. Emperor Charlemagne was the focal point of another gathering of mages. The Palatine Knights were warrior magi who swore to wield their magic in service to their emperor, to God, and to a greater good. In retaliation to this, several pagan mystics would join together into their own coalitions and confederations in order to preserve their teachings. While there were a multitude of other schools of wielding the arts, these three factions would all play pivotal roles in Europe and the formation of the modern traditions. In Asia there would be a growing struggle for power centered primarily around China. It would eventually be united under the mage Li Ximin, who quickly broke the Mongols, the biggest threat to his reign. His Tang dynasty absorbed both Korea and the Mongols into their growing empire, and the Wu Long, masters of alchemy and a hierarchical form of bureaucratic magic, and Dao Lao Shi, science-focused mages known also as the Five Elemental Dragons, prospered. Yet the Akashayana, mages believing that perfection of the vessel of the soul is key to ascension of it, did not. The Wulong and the Akashayana were old rivals, and the Wulong urged the empire to stamp out the Akashics. At the end of the 10th century, a man named Wolfgang von Reismann gathered together high artisans, merchants, craftsmen, and men and women of faith, and formed an alliance that would eventually become the Order of Reason, the predecessor to the Technocratic Union. Von Reismann's goal was clear. Angered by the callous nature of the mages who treated mortal lives as little more than tools in their own squabbles, and the nightfolk who nestled into mortal cities like parasites feeding upon the living, he wanted to protect the unenlightened from these dangers. It would turn out that many shared his vision, and they swore that no longer should the masses suffer helplessly. Magic, they argued, was not a tool for oppression, but rather the solution to humanity's suffering and the injustices of the world. A noble goal, which would greatly improve the lives of the unenlightened. 
yet one that would eventually also twist into the autocratic hegemony of the technocratic union. The rise of the Order of Reason provoked a similar reaction among those factions of Magi who resented their idea of sharing the gift of the arts with the masses. With the signing of the Resolution of Intent in the 15th century, the pact was made complete, and these so-called traditions attempted to put centuries of conflict, rivalry and hatred behind them. It was a mixed success, yet ironically it was through the early betrayal of one of the founders that a stronger bond was forged. While the traditions have at times been tested, they have remained united in purpose, embracing the wonders of magic and resenting the enlightened sciences of the Union. The traditions, while ideally nine, have spent long stretches of history being only eight. In fact, the majority of its existence it was missing a ninth member, and while some traditions have come and gone, others have remained since its founding. Even more curious, both the Sons of Aether and the Virtual Adepts were previously members of the Order of Reason and its successors, but they left the Technocrats for the traditions due to internal disagreements. Yet not a single tradition have left for the Technocratic Union since 1470 when the Solificati's leader betrayed the Council for the Order of Reason. Since its founding, the Circle of Nine have undergone many changes, and today the tables have almost turned, the Technocratic Union rule with an iron gauntlet, deciding just what to share with the masses and what to keep secret from them, all with the excuse that they, not the people, know what is best for them. The traditions, meanwhile, fight for less restrictions, for the wonders of the moment, the idea that all can forge their own paths without the heavy-handed guidance of the Union. Neither side is, of course, all good or all bad, but rather different philosophies with extremes on both ends. The seat of correspondence was held by the Al-Ibatin up until the early 20th century. They are a group of Arabian mages who favor silent and subtle magics. Seeing the technocracy wreak havoc in the Middle East, and the tradition's rather lackluster response to it, they left the Circle of Nine in quiet frustration, and made no big show of it, which has led to many of the other mages to assume that the Al-Ibatin had been all but wiped out. Their sphere would eventually be claimed by the virtual adepts who joined the traditions in the 1950s, and was formally given a seat in 1966. The virtual adepts believe that everything we perceive, feel and wield is a form of information. They argue that everything stems from a universal code which, if you can master it, allows you to change anything you want, no matter where or what it is. In essence, they believe in the constant improvement of the self, and that ascension can be achieved by purifying the body of unnecessary junk code. They believe strongly in self-determination and in transhumanistic ideals. The Chakravanti were a group of Indian death mages who claimed the seat of entropy at the founding of the Council of Nine. Eventually this tradition would change its name to the Euthanatos, or Euthanatoi, which would be a catch-all term for mages who embraced the idea of the karmic wheel, of death and rebirth, and they all undergo a ritualized physical death as part of their initiation into the tradition. They are not crazed murderers, but rather they believe strongly that for life to flourish, it cannot be allowed to stagnate. All things begin and end, and any creatures opposing that is an enemy of these mages. The Order of Hermes took the seat of force, and just like their sphere, these mages considered themselves unstoppable. 
They are the hidden movers and shakers, the caretakers of high ritual magic, and the house of Solomon, of Merlin, and John Dee. They have the greatest amount of chantries, masters, and archmages, and their store of knowledge and artifacts is rivaled by none. Yet their hubris is their downfall, and the order is constantly at odds with both itself and others. Their magic is systemic and esoteric, yet often so meticulously detailed and described that any hermetic acolyte with enough time need never invent the wheel twice. The Verbena are the mages of life, drawing wisdom from druidism and older ways of practicing the art. They are close to nature, perhaps the closest, and their magic is primal in this way. Blood, sex, passion, primitive forces that have remained with humanity since first we came to be. The Verbena are not nature-loving hippies, but rather they embrace many of nature's hard-learned lessons. They have little tolerance for weakness or modern inventions, and many of their rituals are centered around the so-called world tree that cabals of Verbena keep in hidden groves, or the enduring of painful and exhausting trials to purify the self. Where the hermetic mages require complex tools and procedures, the Verbena demand little for their magic. Yet the cost may still be high. The Solificati, during their brief time with the council, held the seat of matter, yet after their treachery it would remain vacant for over 400 years before it would finally be claimed by the Electrodyne engineers who had left the technocratic union to become the sons, and later society, of Ether. Idealistic to a fault, these mad scientist-like technomages revel in the potential of science and of the future. Theirs is a nigh-unbridled optimism that no problem is too big to be unsolvable, and they charge headfirst into new discoveries, oftentimes caring little for what it costs them. Unlike the virtual adepts, the Aetherites value the physical sciences, inventions that you can touch and wield. They are often boisterous, competing for recognition and attention, for a good reason, as their science often treads the realm of the plausible, allowing them leeways other mages can only dream of. The Akashic Brotherhood claims the seat of the mind, and theirs is an art of introspection and reflection, of polished perfection of the self both inside and out. Harmony, they argue, can only be achieved when all flaws are chipped away and the body and the mind work in unison. They believe that the Do, the way, is how to achieve this. The Do is said to be the origin of all schools of martial arts. Yet it is not simply a form of self-defense, but rather a method of focusing the essence, form, and intention of the wielder. The Do can just as easily be found in a tantric union between two lovers, as it can be in a quiet, introspective ceremony. The celestial cores are the heirs of the paladins of old and the mages representing the sphere of prime. Their belief is that all of creation is the will of the One, and it is through faith that a chorister can ascend to this One's side, no matter their creed. Many different faiths compose the chorus, yet they all believe in one supreme being. The chorus is relatively young, yet it traces its roots far back, and much blood has been shed by the chorister's forerunners as intolerance and conflicts of faith mar their history. Yet compassion and unity are what they today value above all else, and most choristers are reluctant to take a stance in theological debates in fear of inciting old conflicts. 
the dream speakers have a long history of being patronized and looked down upon by most of the other traditions. Yet they have long endured this scorn and ridicule, and they truly exemplify the greatness of their seat of spirit. Few dream speakers air from Europe, Oceania, or Asia, the vast majority instead being from Africa and America. They wield magic in concord with nature, not against it, and their connection not only with the earth, but the spirit world of the Umbra is of vital importance. The dream speakers have also begun to explore the digital web, conjuring spirits from its collective consciousness and wielding them against their enemies. The Cult of Ecstasy believes that only by expanding your senses can you truly appreciate and wield the gifts life has given you. Many dismiss the ecstatics as hedonistic, yet they are not to be taken lightly. They can be reckless, unpredictable, and in their pursuit of ascension, they constantly push the boundaries of extreme. Theirs is the seat of time, as truly time is nothing but a flat circle, perceivable only when one transcends the boundaries of the mind's physical existence. While ecstatics often employ substances to help ease this transition, they are careful not to become too addicted or reliant on them alone. To do so would be to stagnate and shackle oneself to material things. There are, of course, many more schools of magic. The technocracy, while not considering themselves mages in the traditional sense, are the philosophical opposition to the traditions. Yet it is not a simple dichotomy. Magic is not even on a grey scale, but rather it's a whole kaleidoscope of colors. In the treacherous awakened world, no mage is truly innocent and no faction is truly good. At best, they can live their lives by high ideals and use their powers to advance humanity as a whole without grinding human beings into the dirt. That then is the challenge of a tradition mage, to hold on to the best your group has to offer and make tomorrow better than yesterday has been. Our work has pleased the antediluvian snow who has risen to oversee it. Long may he reign, this dark god. The Methuselah, her satanic majesty Dani, reborn through fire and ice, is likewise worthy of our devotion. Maximilian S. Hardcastle, who has long aided us on the council, now walks among us as a demigod-given flesh. We are truly blessed to serve such illustrious masters. The council would also especially like to thank these primogen for their contribution to its work. 06, Stonewolf18, Jokerman, Cal Constantine, and Bambi Parsons. Joining them on the council is Lauren Easton, who we welcome with open arms. Your wisdom, experience, and good judgment shall be the torchlight by which we conduct our affairs. Our elders Edward Reed, Dante the Canine, What's That Smells His Blood, Remy Van Roy, Gaslight88, and Aubrey Ayers shall receive our gratitude for their support and wise counsel. And we are happy to announce that non-god Jun Pocolo Arceo and Justin S. have likewise announced their arrival to our council. Many welcomes. We would also wish to send our thanks to the Ancillae Colin Gifford, Harry Wyckoff, Envihan, Adam Daw, and our latest addition Yildan for their support. Likewise, our stalwart neonates shall, as always, receive our appreciation for their services. And thank you for watching. Reality is within your grasp. All you need is the courage to take it, and the strength to keep it.